as you go along and you grow the business, the challenges do get bigger. There's no doubt about it, but uh, you're surrounded with more resources to be able to combat those challenges. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Shopify Masters, the weekly podcast powered by Shopify, your companion for starting and building a business. I'm your host, Felix Thiel. Did you know that the North American food industry creates hundreds of billions of dollars worth of waste each year? Well, Nick Spina wanted to change that. So he launched Ethi. It's a ready-to-eat meal delivery company and it's zero waste. Nick is here to tell us all about his journey from finding the right production facility to launching a subscription model. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so tell us more, what does 0% food waste mean and what does that mean for how your business looks? So we started out originally as, you know, just focusing on healthy meals, you know, to help kind of with your busy lifestyle and really revolving around health and for your body and your mind. And now we're evolving into uh, your body, your mind, and our planet as well. And what I mean by that is Ethi is based on 0% food waste. And so all the food scraps that we have in the facility goes down into a worm farm. And the worms eat the food scraps, which turn into worm castings, which is worm poop. And then that gets used for a number of different reasons, such as gardening and farms and whatnot. And uh, so we've got the full, uh, true, uh, sustainable loop in the business there. Awesome. So you have a, a pretty long track record of entrepreneurship from different types of industries and businesses. Tell us more about the journey leading up to Effie. Yeah. So, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always been an entrepreneur. I was shoveling my neighbor's driveway, uh, the snow off their driveways during the night. And I was super tired, but I, I loved every single second about it. It was never about the money. Right out of high school, I, I got right into business. I, I started off actually as a marketing manager at a local venue in town and a bartender. And I quickly became the general manager of, of the business of about 65 people. So that was a great first bite at, uh, you know, managing a real business. By the time I was 22, I actually took over kind of a, a district manager role of the entire hospitality group. And we managed over nine different locations across Canada. And we had about 400 staff. And uh, so that was a mix of venues, restaurants, hotels, and whatnot. And, you know, in the middle of running somebody else's business, I had always wanted to start my own. So I took the leap of faith when I was 23 and I saved up every dollar that I had and I, I put it into a closed down venue in London, Ontario. That was um, the largest venue in town. It held over 2,500 people. And um, I think uh, 30 days before opening is when we started construction. So you can imagine what we had to complete within 30 days, a lot of sleepless nights. And I think the opening night, we still had wet paint on the walls. Um, so it kind of shows you, uh, you know, what we had to do uh, to, to make the magic happen. And, uh, you know, definitely didn't sleep at all. I think on opening night, we had uh, over 4,000 people in our parking lot. And so I did that for two and a half years. In the middle of this, I, I had another company, which uh, was a clothing line and ended up selling that to somebody at Walmart. In between all this, I had no time to, or, or quite frankly, the desire to make my own meals for myself. So I thought um, of a friend of mine who's a chef uh, could maybe make my meals for me. So I, I gave him a call and I said, hey, you know, Chef Matthew, I've, I've been eating out at uh, a local restaurant twice a day, salmon, rice and broccoli. I've been doing that for three months. Would you make my meals for me? And uh, he said, Nick, you know, sure, let's do it. And then that's when the real light bulb went off. And I thought, hey, maybe there's other people out there like myself that uh, would could use something like this. So I went back to him and I said, hey, Chef Matthew, what do you, what do you think about this idea? And 
he said, Nick, I'll, I'll quit my job today and become employee number one. I think one of the things that is impressive to me is this kind of speed from idea to execution, specifically about the about Ethi, but I'm sure similar experiences that you had with previous businesses. Tell us more about how either your mindset or your mental model from an idea for a business to kind of getting things rolling as quickly as possible. I think like a lot of people tend to think that they need to have all their ducks in a row um, to get started on something. And I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little unique in a sense of where, you know, I just think that you just need to get started. And, you know, it's about, you know, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And, you know, it's just taking those bites. And that's what, that's the way I like building businesses. And, um, you know, it's just, let's get right at it. You know, time is the one thing that we uh, don't have on our side. So may as well take advantage of it and move as fast as possible. And, um, you know, just take the right steps in the right direction. And that's, you know, a lot of people get hesitant to start things because they think that they have to do, a, you know, a whole a hundred different things before they start. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, just, you know, let's get right at it and let's go move as fast as possible. Do you know certain things that you feel like that whenever you start a new business or if you were to start a new business right now are kind of like table stakes, like things that you have to to do? And then on the other side of it, like what are some things that you see other entrepreneurs you know, wasting time doing, especially in the early days? I think um, some like a really, you know, and now, now I support a lot of different entrepreneurs, especially with the, um, you know, with, with our model now of merging and acquiring great minded businesses and uh, kind of working together to grow. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs like to say, Hey, you know, I've done this on my own. And uh, the day that you start leaning on people for help or, you know, kind of tapping into other people's experience and working together to grow the business, you can grow a lot faster. Um, You know, you can pull together a lot more resources very fast. So you know, especially as a business gets bigger, you know, it, you, you're going to need to surround yourself with, you know, incredible people. And, you know, we're at this stage in the business now where I highly believe that we've surrounded ourselves with some of the best people in the world to be able to, you know, make a, a big impact on on the planet of what we're doing. And, um, you know, that's just the stage of business that we're at. And, you know, we've brought together some fantastic people such as, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, COO of FedEx Global and, um, you know, just to say the least of, of, of a number of uh, extremely fantastic people that are, you know, helping grow the business. And um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, just leaning on on the right people and, and people that you trust to be able to to grow the business with you is, is, is very important. And I think even from an early stage uh, in the businesses, it could be very helpful. And I think even, you know, the great success that we've had, looking back at it, we may have been able to grow a bit faster uh, in our early years uh, if I would have maybe uh, just leaned on some of the right people uh, in the beginning. And now I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's okay to, it's definitely okay to, to, to ask for, um, you know, people to join the, join the, you know, your, your vision to, to grow it together. When you first started, when you were maybe just working out of your, your, your friend's one kitchen, what was the, the kind of big idea then? And, and how has that grown over time? We wanted to be the biggest meal delivery service in our city and, um, you know, fully cooked meal delivery service. And, you know, we achieved that within the first number of months. And so these goals and, uh, change, you know, as the business grows and, uh, now, uh, you know, we're the, we're the largest number one in Canada. Um, and we're going to be, 
making a very big impact in the U.S. and we want to go global at some point as well. And beyond that, um, we want to reach uh, over the next 10 years, uh, we're very confident we're going to be able to reach 10 billion meals sold. And uh, and with that, we're going to also help save uh, 10 billion pounds of food waste uh, within this process of, uh, of growing the business. So, uh, you know, from starting at, you know, being the largest and best meal delivery service in, in little London, Ontario, and now we're, you know, looking at 10 billion meals. Um, so, you know, we've definitely, uh, exponentially grown and, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, and you see, you know, the first couple, couple of, uh, weeks of operating six years ago, you know, we saw, 10 packages leave the door. And now we're seeing, you know, entire trucks leaving the building, delivering meals all over the country. So it's, uh, it's invigorating. It's, it's truly remarkable. How much do you have to know about how to reach that big goal before you set it? Like you said, I want to be number one in my city. How clear do you see that path to getting there? Or is that important or not? You know, I, I think that the important thing is there's there's no cookie there's no recipe for to overcome every challenge. Um, you know, there might be a certain, a, a good way of doing something, but there's no perfect way. And I think that's something that people need to understand is that you can't, you can only plan so much for a business. And there's, you know, even, even when like, there's no, you take, let's take COVID for example, right? There's no book in place for when, uh, uh, when, when, when something like this happens in business, you have to deal with it when it, when it comes to you. So at the core of all this is, you know, how you make decisions on, on the daily basis, because there's going to be things that are unplanned that come to you. So I highly believe in uh, just getting started. And uh, it, it's really about the ability to be able to make decisions on a daily basis that makes you successful. And, um, you know, some some of those decisions can be catastrophic. And so it's important to, to make sure that you really sit down and think everything out thoroughly and also lean on the right people for information. And, you know, I heard something very interesting. The number one reason why most companies fail um, is, is and large companies is because the CEOs or leaders of these businesses are getting poor information or poor quality information from the people around them mm. or from, or, or from what they're looking up. So they're not able to make good decisions based on that information um, that they receive. So that's an important thing of making sure that you also have really good uh, knowledgeable people around you and uh, that you've got a really good finger on the pulse of, um, you know, your industry and, and what's going on. And, and uh, that's going to make you more successful in the long run. Now, with that in mind, like, what do you think you have this kind of sharpest eye for that you feel like you have a lot of clarity on the information, the context, and you, you feel really confident in a particular area where you are making decisions? And on the other side, like, what are some kind of blind spots you feel like you have to tread more carefully? You know, I think one of my, my really big strengths is understanding people. And I think it, you have to understand people to understand business. And, you know, it, it's... Because pe- at the end of the day, an organization is not just an organization. It's a group of people. And that's what makes the company tick. Uh, also, what's necessary is also to be resilient. Um, you know, I think being resilient is extremely crucial because there's, there's going to be challenges. Business is full of challenges every day. And you're, it's up to you to decide a maneuver to get around those challenges. And, um, you know, we can get a... We can, you know, once upon a time, delivering meals in London, Ontario is difficult. 
the same, uh, you know, right out, right out the door. And we figured out a way to do that. And now we figured out a way to get meals from London, Ontario to Los Angeles within 24 hours. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's uh, the challenges uh, changes as the business kind of matures and whatnot. Um, I think, um, you know, maybe one of our potential major flaw, it would be, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but would be when we have a big win or whatnot, we may celebrate that win and uh, kind of mentally take our foot off the gas pedal. And that's fine for a very short period of time to be able to relax and enjoy the win, but you don't want to take it off for too long. And in fact, you want to step on the gas even harder uh, to be able to accelerate the business even further. So um, I, I think uh, that would probably be one of the one of the points that I'd mention on that. How do you make sure that, that that's kind of, um, I guess, adopted throughout your entire organization where you make sure that everyone is always has the right information, right data to make their their daily decisions? Yeah, I think the best way to do it is just to, you know, the, one of the best things is to do, especially when it comes to hiring uh, or bringing on advisors, is to make sure they've gotten a proven track record of achieving uh, certain levels of success of the different areas that you, you know, want want them involved in. And and that's really the only way that you can really, you know, make a, make a good decision about bringing someone on uh, in a certain area, uh, for sure, because... Um, you know, if they don't have that track record, then what do they have to prove that they are able to complete the, or, or provide what you want them to provide? And especially when it comes to an advisory position, um, you want these people to uh, be able to provide, uh, like we've been talking about, you know, peer advice um, that's going to be accurate advice. And yeah, like I said, the only way to really make a good decision about bringing someone on board is is their track record of proven success. And um so that's what we look for when it comes to uh, bringing people on. Uh, a great example is we wanted to strengthen our logistics side of the business. So we brought on what we believe strongly believe is the strongest in the world in terms of advisory, uh, and that's uh, the COO of FedEx. And uh, you know, I don't believe that there's anyone better than that. You know, obvious proven track record of many, many years in the logistics industry, and you know, I trust that I'm going to get uh, very pure information or advice and experience and wisdom, um, from, from him. So, um, that's, that's the key thing when it comes to bringing on people around you is to look for that. Now that the, the business is obviously much bigger than it was when, when he first started, the advisory board is even more important to the business, but when did you start kind of putting that together? Like a, a listener out there that has a business that maybe they're just getting started or is in the first year or so of their business, should they start thinking about, can I, should I put together an advisory board? Like what's your advice here? Yeah, you know, even if it's official or, or non-official, um, you know, I think it's important to put together some sort of an advisory, you know, group of people where you can go to and ask questions, like it or not. At the end of the day, everyone doesn't know everything. You know, even at the highest levels of business, they, you know, people are surrounded by people who are uh, very wise in certain areas. And I, I think even at an early stage, it's important to have a, maybe an unofficial advisory board that you can put together to help you grow the company. <laughs> the first cup of coffee, it was awful. Meet Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black & Bold, a premium specialty coffee and tea company powered by Shopify. The journey of Black & Bold started with us opening our online Shopify store while we were burning beans in my business partner's garage. Shopify allows us to stay true to our mission by having an easily customizable and responsive site. They make it very easy for novices to try their hand in becoming entrepreneurs. Get a free 14-day trial at Shopify.com slash podcast. 
Now, as you were scaling the business up from being, you know, just in the kitchen and 10 meals into the biggest in your city, biggest in Canada, uh, on a way to being one of the enter into the kind of larger North American market, were there, how, how the challenges changed? Have they just gotten bigger of the same problems or are they completely different problems? Tell us more about how the, the, the problems changed as you scaled up. Well, it's really interesting. I think the uh, weight of the problems felt the same at that stage in the business. Uh, but as a business, as we overcome those challenges and we grew, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's just the, uh, you know, the problems did in fact get more challenging. Um, but you know, we got wiser and brought wiser people in the business as we grew. And, uh, you know, we worked together to overcome these challenges, but they definitely felt the same size at that point in the business. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting kind of, thing to go by is that whatever point in the business that you're at, the, uh, you know, the challenges will probably feel, feel, uh, you know, the biggest that they have ever been uh, at that point in the business. I think something interesting too, is that the more people and resources that we have around us now, I actually feel that it's slightly, uh, easier to run the business because in the beginning of a business, you're, you're, you have limited resources, uh, limited capital, um, you know, and you don't have as much to offer people to become a part of your vision. And um, so I, I, I do believe that as you go along and you grow the business, that the challenges do get bigger. There's no doubt about it, but uh, you're surrounded with more resources to be able to combat those challenges. Um, it's quite interesting. Can you talk about some of the challenges then as you were, maybe when you first started out, like what were the biggest obstacles that you felt like once you, once you and your team got over, it just felt like an inflection point or a new kind of a a new baseline that you're operating in? (laughs) You know, it's kind of, it's funny looking back at it, but when we had three restaurants that me and my, you know, we had rented, um, you know, we didn't have any room to to store anything. So I was storing uh, ice packs and boxes and, wherever I could. I was using my car as a shipping container to store things in. And, you know, then we were actually running, we actually went out and rented uh, some space to store things in. And then when we had our first facility, we, we were actually within, I think, three or four months, we had completely almost outgrown it. And we had nowhere to store, um, you know, any of our materials. So I remember everyone working in this environment where uh, we were pumping out these meals, uh, but we had to store all of our shipping materials above everyone's heads in the facility. So we actually ended up duct taping uh, a number of things above everyone working to be able to store these materials, to be able to operate the business. And, you know, we made sure that everyone was extremely happy and whatnot to be able to work in this environment. And it was, uh, you know, it was absolutely remarkable to, to see, uh, you know, everyone kind of come together to, to kind of help uh, in these situations, but, you know, we had to deal with that challenge for, uh, you know, quite a little bit. And I remember even, you know, getting a call from, uh, you know, chef Matthew and saying, Hey Nick, we've got an entire truckload of ice packs. At the time we didn't have a forklift at the time we, you know, only had a handful of staff. And so we thought, Hey, how the heck are we going to get these ice packs off this truck? Well, I guess we're going to hand bomb it for the next 14 hours. So that's what we did. And it took us 14 hours. And we probably did that for, you know, once a month for probably six months until we could afford a forklift. So that's, you just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, overcome these challenges. But it's interesting when you think back to the challenge of the ice packs in the truck. Well, if you didn't decide to take those ice packs off the truck, 
um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, to deliver any meals to customers' doorsteps. So the business would have had to stop. The challenges of, you know, let's say the past two years is uh, how do you, you know, deliver a meal uh, legally across the country? Um, you know, make sure that it's CFI compliant and whatnot. And, you know, you have to set out. We decided to open up a state-of-the-art uh, facility uh, with the proper regulatory licenses, which take a very long time to get. But that enabled us to, uh, you know, to grow the business across the country. And uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic decision and a fantastic challenge that we overcame. And did I ever think that I was going to be as well-versed in, uh, in, in food science as I am now? Absolutely not. But, you know, did we have to do that to do what we have to do? Absolutely. And I'm extremely uh, happy about it. So it's interesting as you go along in entrepreneurship and you grow, uh, you know, you kind of become... A, a little bit of everything of, of every kind of career um, necessary, you know, a little bit of uh, knowledge on the legal side, a bit on the banking side, a bit on the operational side, food science side, uh, marketing, you know, you know, you put on a, a bunch of different caps as you go along here. And when you can afford someone who's very strong to take over uh, those roles for you, that's a very fantastic and exciting thing. Were there any kind of opportunities or decisions that you made that changed the trajectory of the business that allowed you to begin to, to, to become the number one in the city and then eventually Canada and so on? Like what kind of big decisions, big bets maybe that, that you and the team placed that paid off? Yeah, I think really the big one was opening up our, 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 our state-of-the-art facility. Um, and, and that was a very big move. You know, but I believe, you know, it, here's the thing. People generally don't do things until they see them in their hands. And what I mean by that is that no one likes to start a business unless if they know it's 100% or they have, you know, sales already coming through the door or something. But looking back to, to, to day one in the business for the first couple of weeks, you know, or for a month, uh, you know, we weren't making money. We were actually... You know, like every business, um, you know, you don't make money right at the start because you have to put a bit of money into get get it off the ground. And you know, this this was not a proven business. Uh, there was zero other businesses like this, uh, except for on the raw food side. And um, you know, so we were taking a, a risk. But like I said, I didn't I didn't see it as a risk. I I felt so strongly about this idea that I could barely sleep beyond not actually deliberately sleeping to operate the business on Sundays. Um, but I had nothing to show for it, but a feeling. And I think that's so important, uh, and that's, that's the core of what makes entrepreneurs tick is this certain feeling of vision and whatnot that you can, you can see it and dream of what, uh, your idea could potentially become. And, you know, that's what kept me up at night. So it, it was it was a no brainer for me to to start the business. And as we kind of go along and grow the business, we have more things to show for it. But that vision has to keep on getting bigger as you go along to keep that excitement going. Because if you execute properly, you will achieve your vision. But once you achieve that vision, if you want the business to grow even bigger, you have to keep that vision wheel rolling and getting bigger as it goes along. So, um, you know, when we opened up a facility, did we need a facility that could produce $100 million worth of revenue in at that very day? Absolutely not. You know, but did we need that for the future of the company and where we wanted it to go and where we saw our vision going? Absolutely. So, you know, that's exactly what we did. What were some of the, the challenges that, that you had to face uh, as you were scaling it up, specifically with, with logistics or the, the facilities that you opened? 
so we had to figure out basically how you know how are we going to get a meal uh, you know fully cooked meal from uh, London Ontario to say Vancouver right so we had to get the right people involved and we had to make sure that we found packaging that can keep the food cold for um, you know our packaging can keep the food cold for up to three days um, all the food arrives to the customer the next day after it's cooked um, so that, that's great but um, you know once upon a time these were challenges that we had to overcome and um, you know and, and how do you make sure that when because we, we will be delivering meals to Miami and how are we going to be delivering uh, these meals uh, to Miami safely in, in the climate that Miami has and uh, as and how do we ensure that it gets there on time so there's a lot of technology that we had to build behind this to be able to track uh, everything um, and, and also figure out uh, you know certain packaging that that's uh, that's good that will do that will get the job done so um, you know, it, it, uh, when these when these things arise, you just got to find a solution for them. And you know, every every challenge is unique. Um, so it's, anyways, that's I, I think that's what keeps business exciting, though, is because uh, you know it, it's almost like a game. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you know, one of the recent changes that you, you spoke to us about that has made a big difference was uh, adding subscriptions, uh, the subscription model to your business. Tell us more about the decision behind that. Really the easy thing about that our business is, uh, well, probably most businesses, is, is getting a customer to buy from you for a first time. Uh, but the key is, is how do you keep them coming back? And then how do you keep them coming back more frequently? And subscriptions uh, definitely help with that. You know, and and uh, if you can somehow get into a subscription business as an e-commerce entrepreneur, you know, I think it's a very beautiful thing, and um, I would highly recommend it if you can. And then, and that's really, you know, you can grow a business off of one-time customers, um, but you know, really, the it's going to be a lot easier if you have a lot of returning customers for sure. What changes do you have to make in your business to to support subscriptions? Uh, definitely the technology side. Uh, you know, so working with different uh, partners on board to be able to, uh, you know, meet the meet our needs of what we needed, and uh, you know, so a lot of uh, different apps are available on on Shopify to be able to support that. And because with subscriptions, you you get this huge bump in in retention. You have more predictable revenue. What does that allow? What what does that unlock for your business? So yeah, you, you've got a lot of more predictable revenue. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you don't have to pay marketing dollars to, to get people necessarily to come back, uh, as well as, as easy, I guess you'd say. So, um, and then, and then also for the customer, it just makes it a lot easier for these people to return to you. Um, you know, people may love your product, but people might forget to come back and order again. Right. So this is where the subscription comes in handy is for people kind of like that, where, they just say, hey, you know, I want to put this on autopilot and I would love to receive this every week. And I just don't really want to have to keep going online and clicking checkout again every single time. So, um, yeah, if you can get into a business model where you do have subscription, you know, I, I think it's a very powerful thing. Awesome. So ethy.com is a website, E-T-H-E-Y.com. And I'll leave you this last question. What do you think is the most important thing for you to personally focus on to get the company to that next level? Uh, definitely, uh, vision. There's three things I strongly believe on at any point in the company. And for the point that we're at now is, uh, I, I think making sure that you, you check this as you go along these three different points, but I think an extremely strong vision, uh, is one, uh, that, that, that I must have, uh, and any, any entrepreneur should needs to have, uh, number two, 
is great management and, and advisors. I think management advisors, um, you know, that's extremely important. You can't run a business without them. Um, and number three is truly, truly understanding your customers' needs. And, you know, you have to have a product that people want and need. And that's those with those three things, I strongly believe uh, you can you can run an absolutely fantastic, phenomenal business with. Nick, I want to thank you for doing this. Nick Spina is the founder of Effie, a zero waste, ready to eat meal delivery company. Nice chatting with you. Thank you for having me. And that's all the time we have this week. Come hang out with us next time on Shopify Masters. Again, I'm Felix Tia. Take care.